Episode 65 of the Slusbin Sidey Podcast. My name is Paul, and joining me as always are Rob. Hey guys. Menda is not here today. And Jake. Woo! Yo, 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 yo. You might know him better under the tag at Brother Lanich. Uh, welcome. Welcome, Jake. We're it's really good really to is. have you on the show. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm hyped to be on really here. Really good. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> First guest since the summer break. Feels good. Feels good yeah. to have probably guests again. It's fresh. It's fresh. <laughs> uh, Amanda is not here with us today. She is busy figuring out, figuring out everything about moving to Europe. So we are letting her time because there is a lot to figure it out plane tickets insurance uh a place to visas. move to uh, jobs what? yeah jobs visas, jobs. visas yeah. yeah and her main her main complaint how do i take two bikes on one plane mm. that was our main question <laughs> you put both in a excel bike box yeah it's it could work absolutely yeah yeah I agree. Yeah. yeah, people do that. Yeah. Uh, but talking about bikes, uh, if you want to hear more about Mission Crete, uh, that was last weekend at the time of this recording, or the Queen and her terrible fate, <laughs> then you can uh, access the extended conversation at patreon.com slash podcast. But let's get into the show. Good morning, Jake, because it's morning for you. It is morning for me. Just getting up. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it in San Francisco? It's 9.55, so I've been up for like almost Shoot. an hour now. Very good, very good. Yeah, yeah it's good. Nice, beautiful morning here. Awesome. It's really nice to have you on the show. And most people listening to this already know who you are, but the one who don't, could you quickly introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Jake. Uh, I live in San Francisco. I do tricks on track bikes and uh, do as much as I can to post some of my feed to the Instagram for everyone in the world to see. So it uh, it's good to be here on the show and talk to you guys. Thank yeah. you for coming. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to have you. Honestly, like I've yeah, Jake, I've. Absolutely admire everything you do for not just the trick track section, but the community, and it's it's banging. It's absolutely banging to meet you. I oh, appreciate that, guys. I can visualize the sparkles in Rob's eyes right now. Fuck off. <laughs> There's just sparkling. <laughs> Uh, Jake, who? Sorry, sorry. Where, where'd you come from? No, <laughs> oh my god! Don't do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm a big, big fan. Jay, could you give us the origin story of you getting into bikes? Yeah. And track um, bikes for that matter? I used to skateboard throughout like my childhood and whatnot. And uh, I lived in Los Angeles till I was like 12 and then moved to Sacramento with my family. So I moved from Southern California to Northern California. And... Uh, uh, when I went to high school, I had to commute to, to school. So it was like three miles or whatnot, too far to walk. Uh, so I needed to pick out a bicycle. And uh, at the time, some of my friends in the neighborhood got fixed gear bikes. And um, at that point, super random, but like I like had a unicycle. And... Uh, <laughs> I was so, like, I was just super bored um, in Sacramento, and, you know, not a lot going on there, uh, and we watched, they, they showed me these Keo Curry videos, and, oh, I uh, you know, Macaframa, and all that stuff, and I'm like, just, you know, this is, like, still kind of early YouTube, more people were on Vimeo and stuff, but there's, you know, just 
weird obscure videos of people like just doing wheelies forever on a fixed gear bike and i'm like is this really just a fucking unicycle with gearing <laughs> like i uh, need one uh, of these things so off like bikes direct like it's like this wholesale bike thing that's where everyone got their stuff from like 300 bucks you get like a fixed gear complete and uh they were like out of my size i probably needed like a 52 i was like probably like I was a lot shorter. I was like five foot two or something. And like, I just got a 56 centimeter. You're like, oh, it's just a little bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like riding this 56 with the seat slammed. And uh, I just, I was in my parents' uh, driveway a lot. Just track standing. I learned how to wheelie in like a couple weeks, I think. It, just going hard at it. And just, I think I learned quick because it's just on my commute to school. You just go for it. You know, yeah. instead of just, you know, mm. that's how I, when I give people advice, I'm like, oh, how do you learn how to wheelie? It's like, just do it everywhere you go. Like, mm -hmm. just, yeah. Anyway, um, that's how I like first got into it. Though, I was just neighborhood kids and one kid had it and I was just watching all these videos and I wanted one so freaking bad and uh, yeah, just got into it pretty organically, I, you could say. Uh it's funny. I had a Dawes, <clears throat> Dawes SST, like a single speed track. Mm, but okay. I think since it was a 56 centimeter, it could just barely bar spin. Oh. So it, it's just super random that I got this, the, the one bike off the website that could probably do bar spins. So I could like wheelie bar spin back then which is just mm. like wild to think about. Quite I think, rare. yeah. Yeah, when I saw other people on track bikes back then, like when I met new people, they were like, dude, you could fucking wheelie bar spin. Like, that's crazy. But I just assumed back then, like, yeah, you, like you can't bar spin your bike. Like, I thought every bike could just throw the bars around. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought every bike for the first 10 years <laughs> had toe overlap, and it was just a thing <laughs> that you just caught your toe. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah, overlap, like, yeah, all that stuff was totally, like, I, I don't know. I was, it's funny, I was just the most clueless rider. When I met new people, it was just, like, I had no idea what anything was, but I could, like, wheelie the bike. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, that's, the, that's my favorite. When I meet new people that, that ride bikes and they don't know anything and they're really good at riding bikes, that's my favorite thing ever. Mm. Mm. it's just super normal like natural organic riding you know yeah not not really like getting into it because of the scene or because of the hype or anything just really just riding the bike but yeah that's how i started just commuting to school and whatnot and uh that's actually how i met patrick because we went to the same right. high school together i think he talked about it on his podcast ah, shit. yeah yeah yeah, yeah he we heard it. about yeah. that <laughs> yeah yeah i was a freshman he was a senior and we just saw each other at the bike racks, and he's just like, "Nice bike." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Like>, thank you. <laughs> um, my my personal question, uh, going forward from this, would be, bro, you're like killer at sliders. Like, I, I, I mean, I I literally pride myself on being able to drop a chainsaw slider and keep it going, but you just have the ability to. I don't know, the way you fish and chips and then power slide and then fish and chips and then power slide. and I, don't, I literally can't get my head around it. What's your, where does that come from? And like, what was the progression and what was the first bit? What, how did you all put that together? If that, yeah, if that makes sense as a question. It's so weird, like the progression of that. But I, so... When I first started riding, I was on that, you know, first fixie, and you know, you you slowly, you know, just break shit and switch out parts, and yeah, it literally turned into a like. I wish I had a time lapse of my bike turning from that stock <laughs> bike into a literally a twenty six inch fixed gear freestyle bike, like right. without ever just buying a whole new bike. It just slowly changed into that <laughs> um back then there was this one video uh for sky limit um and that was like some 
I don't know who ran Skyline. I don't know if it was Colby Ellerick, but Sky Limit, Steven Jensen, um, mm. in in San Francisco, he did a on his fix your freestyle. He did a 180 on a hill, hopped on the back pegs, and then did that long slider on the back pegs down the whole hill, like just the whole fucking hill, just standing there. You know, he's just standing there, yeah, sliding down the hill backwards. It's just the craziest shit I've ever seen. Then he throws a bar spin and like slides out. Yeah. And I was like, that is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Like I need to learn that. Cause I like tricks that are like those like quote unquote, like lazy tricks. Like you, yeah, you're not yeah, doing yeah, anything. Yeah. He's literally just standing yeah. there going hella fast down a hill backwards with his front <laughs> wheel sliding sideways. So I remember I just spent like months learning that where you like, it's a whole process. You do, you have to do the 180 first. And then in the fakie, while your pedals are like going backwards, you have to step onto the back pegs. And then you're like standing on the back pegs, holding your handlebars. And then you gotta grab the seat and turn the handlebars at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And like initiate that slide and whatnot. So I got hella good at that shit, like just doing it all the time, just on lock. And then it wasn't for like, years later like probably like three or four years later that i'm like i learned fish and chips i didn't learn fish and chips for years like i've been riding for like probably five years until i learned fish and chips like it was the Can one I... trick that i just was not interested in it was so Fair freaking enough. hard yeah i could what, do everything why was I could... that because is it because I'm... it's actually because i i put it off for like a year i must have been like practicing shit and then i was like oh no i'll learn fish and chips later I was like, I'll, uh -huh. I'll get that at some point. And then it just, it was so long. And it's, then I was like. It's yeah. so hard. It's the hardest trick ever, in my opinion. So like learn, it, the, there's 10 things going on every limb. Yeah. You have to use every limb. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a community thing of who you ride with. Mm. And I just didn't ride with fish and chips people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really mean way to say I don't ride with British. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. I feel like that no. might be the new poster. Yeah. <laughs> But everyone in their own area, there's Stockton people, LA people, Sacramento people, Bay Area people. And they all, you could tell where they were from by the way they were riding. So, ah, shit, yeah. Like Stockton people did a nose pivot and did a whole crank rotation backwards in the nose pivot. Like they're the <laughs> only ones that did that. And everyone did that. And if you see someone do that, you're like, oh, you're from Stockton. Like it's stuff like that that's so weird. But anyway, <laughs> I learned fish and chips really late. Um, and. I mean, when you learn them, you're like, oh, I don't know how the hell I couldn't do this before. This is not that difficult. <laughs> yeah, once it clicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you're like, oh, you could just do one after another. You know, once you learn that and it's like just a pattern, you're like, oh, you could just do like 30, like whatever, <laughs> as long as you don't get dizzy. But um, I think one day it's like, you know, that's just when you're riding your bike like that and you're chilling with some friends and you're just sitting there staring at your bike like, what could I do? That's how I learn a lot of new tricks or like when you're trying to invent something you're just thinking really hard i don't know the physics of it whatnot one day it mm. just clicked for me i was just like you can do that freaking slide on the fixed gear freestyle bike on the back pegs and but just be in that fish and chips like stance because you're far yeah, back yeah. enough like i was in my head i was like this is totally like a thing like This is possible, and I've never seen anyone do it, but, like, I know this is possible. Yeah. So I would start from a nose bonk on a wall mm. and then just go straight into, like, the fish and chip stance. Yeah. And I'd, like, pedal as hard as I could backwards. And uh, in my early Instagram, there's hella videos of me just eating shit. Like, it would just be, like, maybe one pedal or, like, two pedals, and then I would just, like, fall on my back. Like, just hit my elbows yeah. or something like that. And eventually it was like, you know, just the two pedals, like perfect line backwards and then slide out. And I was just like, dude, this is a new trick. This is like, this is something onto something here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like, yeah, it was really exciting. So I was like, seriously, no, I don't think anyone's ever done that like before. Like just try to go the straight line. Um, 
and then I was like, I'll call it a super slider. We're just it's something I've been practicing. Line. Yes, so much recently, and I feel like I've progressed in the last two to three months like immensely. I mean, I can almost feel like I can control the direction, can control the circle, and and really keep going. But fuck, it's a it's it takes so much out of you. And when I see you doing it, you almost look. Or it, I guess you've got to a point where it. it, it it's looking effortless. It clicks. Yeah, it clicks. It. I mean, and it's not like I learned that overnight. It's years and years of, of practice. Um, but connecting the dots there is is really hard because it's almost a different trick doing it in a straight line to doing it circling. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, when you click, when that connects, and you learn how to like control the turn. Like I could go circle straight, circle straight, or and then yeah, one day yeah, I was yeah. just like, instead of the you know doing it from fakey, I was like I could just throw this maybe from a fish and chips. So you know you throw the fish and yeah. chips and just hit the straight line. You're like holy shit! Now we're like connecting the dots here, and you can you know throw fish and chips out of it, go back into it. It's it got this, really fun. This, this so. I still this this I still can't do. I can't get the fish and chips lean. I feel like I lean too much in my fish and chips to then straighten out to almost throw my body so much to the left and then and then correct mm-hmm. my pedals afterwards. But it's it's still something I'm I'm working on. But the the, the slider itself, I'm get I, I feel like I'm progressing a lot at. But I don't know when I see you do that, it's like you just stand still, tracks down, and then boom, you're like yeah, ass, ass over the saddle. Balls in place, and you're like, yeah, it's so it's so hard. I mean, it's like it's it's anyone else I see do it, I'm like, it's so impressive. It's uh, it takes all your limbs, it takes all your mental energy because there's so much to think about, and it's just it's more of a what like muscle memory, if anything, that. I don't think about it anymore really about, I mean, it used to be like the most mentally challenging thing. And now it's like, you know, it's like a wheelie. Once you learn it, you're just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. even think about how but hard do, it was at one point. Do you, but do you think the training for a wheelie potentially can, be, you, you can find that balance points a bit quicker with the slider. It takes a bit more muscle memory to force it to almost get your mind in a position where you can do it constantly. Yeah, I mean, even just pedaling backwards, but like it's like you're on a. The best I can compare it to to someone who doesn't do this is, you're on an exercise bike, with the mm. with the resistance turned up all the way, and you're literally cranking these pedals back using the straps as hard as you fucking can, yeah. to make this front wheel slide, and it's, along with just how hard that is on your legs, you're also just your right hand is balancing your seat in, in towards your chest and your left hand is keeping your wheel in a certain position and to connect all those things together to land that trick is it just takes so much mental like strength you, it's not just like being a strong person or it just yeah you, you have to actually work hard <laughs> it's not gonna just come to you <laughs> for me the worst thing about that trick not the worst thing but the thing that i think about when I'm doing that trick and I'm like, I'm like locked in, I'm in the fucking zone. And I just imagine what my face looks like, like having like the hardest <laughs> shit. Do you know what I mean? You're like, you're straining. Well, personally, I don't know about you, but I'm literally like sweat beads coming down like, <laughs> my forehead and I'm like <laughs> taking a massive fucking dump. But I'm like, yeah. ah, like <laughs> forcing it <laughs> into position. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping that will pass sunglasses. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the super slider is like the the Kyo spin and Kyo curry in its time. The, the super slider is really something that you created. Yeah, I like to say so- I left my mark. <laughs> yeah, it must be a good feeling to know that. Hey, I've yeah, I've left I've left my mark into the into this world. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a cool feeling. I mean, like growing up skateboarding and stuff, you know, it's like, like everything has been done. Yeah. And fixed gear freestyle or Tark is relatively open 
playing field there for however creative someone can be. I, I think we're just starting to scratch the surface of what kids are going to, I mean, like Matt Reyes, his kind of, you know, learning like his three taps and then just doing like 10, three taps or yeah. working your Kia spin into big spins and yeah. all this stuff. And you can see a lot of these LA kids are doing that and just connecting. It's, I'd just say connecting the dots and when you can, connect tricks like that it's just opens up so much more yeah yeah and uh yeah i think there's so much potential for the for the sport of what kids are doing nowadays and what they're thinking of because it's getting even stuff from keo curry and mixing it with the new stuff and it's yeah yeah uh, if if you guys know jonathan ball yeah of course um, yeah jay ball he's just you know he's doing super slide bar spin big spin 180 like just connecting all the dots of every era <laughs> and like it's just so insane I mean, to, to watch matt race and jay Wolf, yeah they they've i mean without you know your generation and, and the generation above of keeping it going within san francisco and actually keeping the scene going from 2010 onwards to, to what we have now is is a huge um uh, g- given to the the community, it's it's fantastic that the San Francisco scene was just kept plowing through when when everywhere else in the in pretty much the world it kind of just died back down again. So yeah, it's it's big respect to everyone out there doing everything and pushing the boundaries and the levels and like you said, connecting the dots and making Keo Curry style work with I don't know. Jable, uh, making it all work to to make sense to actually progress something and and that I'm very grateful for. Can I can I just quickly ask you if um, you feel like maybe the progression that you had in skateboarding as as a young a, a bit younger that you found that ability to learn a trick or being influenced by other people? Do you think? within fixed gear and tricking that was a similar sort of feeling or you used the techniques maybe that you of learning certain things then yeah then adapted i mean to fixed gear it's just like the activity of doing the tricks i mean it's the the culture of the sport skateboarding you go skate spots to spot and you're you're outside all day mm-hmm. you know just being outside and with friends and not being in one spot i think that really translated over to fixed gear with what i was already used mm-hmm. to doing and but on a fixed gear you can really move you can get around and i found that same very similar culture spot to spot like literally all day outside all day go here 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 do tricks at every spot we used to get clips at every spot it was it was it really translated over into the how, you know mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing just you're getting a lot further so you're not so yeah. stuck to some area um but the cultures are very similar in that respect that skateboarding taught me to you know enjoy being outside and you know if if you're bored you're you're just boring you know you, you got to do something so i mean we'd be at spots hanging out and you know some friends would literally just be sitting around and i would always just be doing track stands or tricks or this or that it's that type of person mm. fuck yeah um do you have anything that keeps you you know like pushing new stuff telling to yourself hey Today I want to try something different that nobody ever tried before. I mean, yeah, just like I was talking earlier about just, you know, you're sitting there staring at your bike and sometimes stuff just pops in your head and try it out. I'll learn like a lot of silly tricks that way or just stuff that you see people doing that you never tried before. Like uh, the homie uh, Crit Fix in New York, he rides around with one foot on the handlebar. Yeah. Um, yeah, where you just lift up your foot and put it on the grip. Yeah, and then like you I know, you one day, yeah, one day we were just at the island and or at the Embarcadero Ferry Building and just let's try that. So you know, me and some friends like Daniel and Devin were just riding around with our foot on the grip, and then 
when you're in that zone, then you're just like, let's take it to the extreme. So then you're like left foot and then pop to the right foot and then both foot and then both foot back to the <laughs> pedal and then you just, you know, take it as far as it can go. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how it goes. You do a lot of the like wheelie and then or or keel and then land your front wheel on a, a, a block, say two foot high or whatever. That that stuff's like uh, kind of blows my mind a bit as well. Like the precision in terms of like keel to to to, to literally track stand, but two levels. You've got your back wheel on the ground, and then you've got your front wheel on. <laughs> on something else you do a lot of that shit and i really like that that's That's all that's all keo curry stuff yeah yeah Yeah, just copying that guy (laughs) (laughs) how how big of an influence i mean for me 2008 2010 i mean i was riding shitty conversions old road bikes and i'd come from a bmx background and for me like to be able to skid a road bike which had riser bars was mind-blowing enough and then a few of the BMX lads I used to ride with were like, oh, our Macaframas come out. And we watched it. And it, it was like blown away. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, how old? Are, I don't know how old you are, Jake, but what was your introduction to Macaframa and, and that yeah. kind of like bombing? I'm 27 right now. So right. back then, I was like 15 when I learned about that stuff. Yeah. 15, yeah. 16. And uh, it's just really random that when I was in Sacramento at that time, the scene there was just huge. So right. we had a blog called Lock Cog, uh, run by Chris oh, Fay. Fuck, I remember that. And uh, I mean, Chris Fay was the the main guy back then, throwing events. He threw trick comps and. Yeah, uh, it's called F and Fridays, which is kind of what inspired my Tark Tuesdays. So on Fridays, they would meet up at like 9.30 at night. Like I had to be home at like 10 o'clock. I'd go for 30 minutes because I was 15. <laughs> um, but they'd meet up and, you know, just do tricks and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, during that time, Macaframa and all that stuff is out. And it was just like the scene, mm. people from the Bay area would actually come to Sacramento just for that. I remember like this guy, Chris Fonseca is huge dude doing tricks. And all these people would come out from the Bay area just to Sacramento to like do these trick sessions. Um, so I mean, when I met those guys, I was probably like already riding for six months, you know, and kind of like through Patrick and stuff. I like met my like main friend group through bikes. Um, but we'd go to the, the trick sessions and I was just that random kid who can do wheelies and stuff. And then people ask me about bike parts or this or that. And I literally have no idea what they're talking about. It's like no clue. Can, can you tell me a bit more about Talk Tuesdays and how it started? I mean, you mentioned how it started, but like what it is to you and what it is to the community and, and, and a bit more about that. Um, throughout the years, that I've lived here in San Francisco, there's always been community rides. I mean, so there's like the main PKE that Patrick holds. That's a once a month on a Sunday. Slowly. It was kind of like <clears throat> Patrick got his Thursday rides locked in in Oakland. They had like a Wednesday or a Tuesday ride or something. But at one point pre COVID, there was like a five day schedule of consistent rides. Um, then COVID hit and you know, they all just completely stopped. Uh, then kind of when like post COVID quote unquote, you know, people started like about a year and a half ago, people started, you know, hanging out again a lot. The The slots were open. It was all free game. In my opinion, I think people forgot that there was even shit going on before that, you know? So yeah. I was like, I'm going to like Patrick has Thursday. I'm not going to obviously do my shit on Thursday. Like Patrick has that locked in for his ride. So I'm like, let's do Tuesday. But like, I want to throw some, I want to host something, you know? Um, again, I grew up with like the F and Fridays and at F and Fridays with lock hog and whatnot, they do all the little comps, you know, foot down comp and track stand comp and this and that. And I was like, let's fucking do that. And I mean, just to motivate people, I wanted to like make it an actual thing, which turns out all you have to do is make it a, make a flyer and then it's a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like not much to it. Honestly, I was just making a flyer and then 
you know, throughout the years of, you know, alley cats and this and that, you just email people, you just send out mass emails for sponsors and whatnot, and you'll get free stuff. So just kind of went ham on, on that. And I just wanted to throw an event that was, you know, a Tuesday hangout because a lot of the events, mm-hmm. you know, they were rides and throwing a ride is hard. It's hard to yeah, have a it's destination. A organization. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and just, playing the route every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And a Tuesday hangout is just like, it's freaking Tuesday. Like people, just, I just want to get people together. So that was my main goal is just to kind of build the, build the community. But I think it started because, you know, me and my friend Daniel and a few other people, like we were literally at the island every day anyway. We were already there. We were already doing tricks. Like that's what we spent our Tuesday afternoons doing. So it's just like, let's just make an event out of it. We're already here. So... It's become what? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, what has it become now? Yeah, what, what what would you say it gives to the community, and what 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 are you getting back from feedback? It's now it is like a party. It's, it's a, the Tuesday party. Um, it <laughs> it started with you know we the turnouts range from twenty at a lowest number to like it's we've had as many as like sixty or seventy people to one of them before. Holy shit! Um. And when it started, it would be not necessarily clicky. We're not really that clicky in San Francisco. It's everyone's pretty tight, but different groups of people. So I, I'd kind of call it by the areas. We'd have like the Alameda kids. They come on the ferry on the on the boat, mm-hmm. and then like the East Bay people. They come on the bark, you know. And then we had like the city people, and like you know, everyone would come in their little crews, and slowly throughout the weeks when they get there instead of sitting in like, you know, the Alameda kids would always sit in this one corner and then like, you know, (laughs) these people would sit over here. It slowly just kind of came together and everyone is, you know, because I mean the track stand competitions and the foot downs, those are the two we do every time. I try to like just at least do those two competitions every time. And sometimes we'll mix it up and do a fun different one, but it's, it's team building stuff. It's like basically just team building exercises. Everyone kind of bonds over competing against each other and, it breaks the ice. So it's, it's definitely brought together our little community of like just local riders where the weekly turnout has a lot of familiar faces. So if you come a lot, you'll, you know, make friends with the, with the, you know, the local attendees. And I try to, I try my hardest to, you know, especially with the prizes and stuff, I really want to get people to participate and, you go big push, out. You go megaphone comfort. style. You go like yeah. full megaphone. Yeah. I oh love my that. god, dude! The first fucking like ten of them was just <laughs> the hardest thing I've ever done. And then I got a megaphone, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, I can actually like." No one would fucking listen. You're just like yelling at everyone, like track stand competition, <laughs> track stand competition. Like no one can hear you. Everyone, there's like five speakers at the same time. You know, playing five different songs. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the megaphone definitely was a game changer that good people actually take take you seriously <laughs> and then good. Pri- pri- you gotta lure them in with the prizes and whatnot and the fireworks yeah. and oh man the fireworks <laughs> have been just crazy <laughs> yeah i'm surprised that nobody arrested you or something like that <laughs> Yeah, Ever what's since, the deal with that? Uh, Can you guys get away with that without any permissions? Or you, I mean, you, I mean sometimes it looks nuts. San Francisco, there's a lot of bad shit going on here all the time. So I think that's like the least of their worries, honestly. And I mean, it's right. not like yeah. there's like 50 people there. So I mean, if they do come, as long as they don't actively see someone lighting it, like there's really nothing to do. They're not going to just like fair. run up on me just because I have a megaphone and be like, you did this. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, but yeah, ever since the, not last 4th of July, but the 4th of July before that, it's just been a firework every weekend. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how it turned into that, but it's it's lit and it's become kind of a, a Tark Tuesday um, signature. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Love it. Yeah, it's great. There was one, there was one Tark Tuesday where the cops, like, they ambushed us. There was just so many fireworks going. <laughs> They came from every direction and everyone freaked out and ran away. And I'm just like left there with like five people with all our backpacks and stuff. Just like, what the heck? (laughs) And what did they say? 
they chased everyone and left, and then we were just left at the the spot alone. Like, oh. they, everyone left. <laughs> I told people after that time, I was like, if that ever happens again, don't leave, and it'll just be really yeah, awkward. Yeah, just stay, be, be united. Yeah, and yeah, it's a bit just, more, it's stronger. Just do bike yeah. tricks, and everything will be okay. <laughs> yeah. Is there any issue with riding brakeless in San Francisco at all? Um, I mean, you should just know your boundaries. It's, I, I've, I've always ridden fixed gear. Like it was always fixed gear first that I've like ridden bicycles. So like asking me that question is like, I've just always never ridden brakes. So Mm -hmm. it's never really been a problem. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Just, just this last two years, I've, expanded my horizons and picked up some new hobbies like uh, i have a flat bar gravel bike and i got into like the bike life wheelie bikes and uh i would say transitioning from a fixed gear to those things is just the most wild transition Mm. because uh i can hurdle at a red light so fucking fast having brakes and confidently like stop if i need to um (laughs) <laughs> train training from a figure to riding one of those things is just like holy shit you can go way crazier on yeah on this stuff like that's that's a good so i i, I wouldn't say i saw it as an obstacle until now not having brakes <laughs> until you start riding the other ones and you're like wow it's way more safe to <laughs> run reds and stuff i never thought about it <laughs> it's a good question i'd like to transition into like your feeling or thoughts on 26 inch uh, fixed gear freestyle or wheelie scene or I you just touched on it but can you maybe touch on it a bit more in terms of what it is about changing bikes or changing styles or anything else you can you can bring to that um I mean when when you get into cycling like I work at a bike shop and this happens to customers all all the time they're every bike has a specific use, a specific purpose. And when you slowly start getting into something new, let's just say you start doing tricks and you're like, maybe I should put riser bars on my bike, you know, it slowly transitions. And then it gets to the point where, like I said, with my first bike, it it literally went from a 700 C bike and then you get in all new parts and eventually it's a new frame. And then you just switch to 26 inch wheels. It's just slowly evolves. And then once you have that fixed gear freestyle bike, I cannot ride with my friends anymore. Like, they'd go on a long ride and I'd be like, dude, I have this 26 inch fix your freestyle bike. And that's when you start learning. I need more bikes. Like, I need, <laughs> the rabbit's hole style one there. Of each. Exactly. So I'm at a point now where I have, I have three fixed gears. I have like Chanelli histogram with the drop bars. It's like my roadie quote unquote fixie. <laughs> and then the AC one with the flat bars. And then I have my slumworm bike, which is like a trick 700 C bike yeah you know? um and then i mean as for like the gravel bike i just really wanted to get off the road i wanted a road bike but that's not you know i wanted something more versatile if i'm gonna have one geared bike it's gonna do it all so that's how i kind of got into that um but yeah pretty organic on slowly riding different style bikes and you know learning mm. that you can't just do all these things you want to do with a single bike really yeah at least effectively yeah i i love it you know i i ride i still ride my bmx from time to time i ride a steel gravelly bike and fixed gear definitely holds something uh holds something to my heart that i will never be able to drop and i I love the ability to jump on a bike with no brakes and 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 feel super comfortable on the road. But never say never to any of this form of bike, especially if it's a bit of progression in terms of my personal development and ability to even control any bike. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, the the cross training definitely exists. Um, I mean, like the wheelie bikes, like so. Again, I've always ridden fixed gear, and then I'm seeing these videos back in the day because I, when Instagram first started doing that and bike life was like kind of becoming a scene, yeah. it was like I was like the fixie bike life dude because I just did you know when Instagram did one minute videos, it's just whole one minute videos 
whole wheelie yeah, video, yeah, you know? Yeah. And there's like my, my friend in New York, Lottie Dottie and D blocks. Like they're just doing wheelies forever on their bikes. And I'm seeing their videos and it's just like, it was a dream to me to be on one of those bikes and just coast down a hill and sit there again. It's like the Steven Jensen's long yeah, slider yeah, on the yeah, yeah. three cell bike. Like the thought of just sitting on my seat and you're just sitting on the bike and you're just doing a, a coaster wheelie forever. Yeah. I mean, like I wanted to do that so bad. So I finally got a, a wheelie bike back in like 2017. And I remember like I bought it. It was like so exciting. It took me like four months to learn how to wheelie on that thing. Really? It was like the hardest thing. Really? It was like learning all over again. It was the hardest thing ever. It, it, you f- and I didn't get coasters for like a year. <laughs> it took year, like a year to like learn how to not pedal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the yeah, hardest yeah. thing I've ever, yeah. But it's so satisfying. And again, like having the different bikes. Like now when, you know, some people, like at least when I first started doing that, you know, I'd be at a ride and, and I'd be like, let me ride your wheelie bike. And then you'd hop on and just start doing circles. And people are like, damn, you could ride both style bikes. And it's like, that's just not easy to like, yeah, yeah. be that person that could do both. It's like you actually had to put in a lot of work. I was actually discussing this yesterday with a friend from Paris that's been staying with me. And um, it, it, I, I, just, I described it like not just progressing in a forward motion, but like almost like the width so you, you start to realize the difference in the balance points in the width of the bike. Like if, if you jump on a BMX or you jump on anyone else's fixie, it doesn't wheelie the same as yours. It doesn't hop the same as yours. Mm. So you, it's nice to learn to, to ride any form of bike, especially other people's bikes, because then you jump back on your own bike and you're like, ah, oh, this is why I like my bike. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. and this is why I find the balance point works better for me with this, or this is why I like this handle, but or, or whatnot. But yeah, I think uh, any any progression, self progression with riding multiple style of bikes can help you ride a single bike better. Mm-hmm. If that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, or yeah, and or vice versa. You ride someone else's bike, and it's a game changer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. Holy shit, I need this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I was with the the when the Mash Slumworm bike came out. I I was like, uh, I want it, but it, I'm the type of person that if I'm gonna get it, it's gonna cost me an arm and a leg. So I was like trying to keep away from getting another bike, and my friend Danny got one, and I hopped on it, and one thing I like doing is it's like the super slider, but you just don't grab the seat. You just try to power a long slider. Uh, this dude in Japan do mm-hmm. something like that. He, he used to do that. He would, you'd go fakie and you'd kind of pop it up. Like you're going to do a fakie wheelie, but then you just slam the front wheel down sideways mm-hmm. and you like get like a pretty long slider, like maybe a few pedal rotations backwards. Anyway, on my AC1, that would literally make the wheel taco and the fork explode. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, if I did that trick, the bike would just explode. <laughs> so there's a few tricks like that that I've, you know, dreamt of, you know, just being good at. And and I've never had a bike for that. And I rode my friend's new slumworm, and I'd just hop on, do a 180, and just, like, plow the front wheel down. Like, going fakie at a good speed, and you just plow the front wheel sideways. Like, yeah. pop it up and just smash it into the ground sideways and made no noise just start sliding the bike feels solid and i was like god damn it dude i need to get yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that frame in general i i was not sure about like the length of the top tube and everything i was like nah i'm not sure about it and i jumped on one a few times i'm like oh, damn it actually feels like it's, a bmx come track bike it, like right in the middle it's the most underrated bike. I think it's so underrated. Um, he's sitting on a bunch of them, and I think it's because, well, I don't know how many he has left, but he has some left, which normally his bikes sell yeah, off pretty yeah, quick. Yeah. Um, people are looking at it too much like a like a freestyle bike, you know, like doing Matt Reyes tricks, which is a very niche market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be the best track lacrosse bike. Yeah. I mean, it it has that higher front end. You can fit huge freaking tires on it. 
I am a fan of the no, there's no holes in it. There's no brake holes. I love the look of any bike that has no holes drilled in it. Um, it, mine is built up like all envy with freaking carbon wheels. Hell, I just wanted to build it up so dumb, like just the craziest bike build I could possibly do. Yeah. Um, it rides like a tank. It, it, it's the first steel bike I've actually ever owned. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, yeah, and it, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I could jump off shit. I could do anything on it. It just feels amazing. And I think, like, for people doing, like, track lacrosse and stuff that are riding currently, a, you know, a steel frame from any company, mm-hmm. that, that the, the slumworm one, because of the high front fork and the lower top tube, it's, it's like the most relaxed geometry. It's, it's way more comfortable. It's not as aggressive as those bikes. Um, and compared to other fixed gear freestyle bikes that are 700 C that my friends have had, the, the mash one has the, the slumworm one has like skinnier tubing. If you've ever seen one in person, the tubing is not that yep, big. Yep. True. Um, yeah. And I say it's a lot, it's a lot lighter than other bikes on the market. If you were looking to get a trick bike, it is, significantly less weight on that bike i think mine weighs like 19 pounds which is just insane for a big tire bike like that's steel damn i'm just I mean, quickly doing the for, a fixed, for a fixed gear freestyle like um i mean i just wanted to build the, the lightest trick bike <laughs> yeah. possible just for shits and gigs yeah I, I think rob and i we saw one for the first time at the same time when you yeah yeah that was when you arrived in paris and they were like i think it was not even a week and a half after the release and two yeah. dudes had a bike uh in both in both colorways by the way i have a question about gears and stuff because the when I first saw you on your Instagram account, you had that Instagram, and then you moved to an AC one, and I can confidently say that both of those frames have seen hell, <laughs> uh, and they're still there. So, what would you say to someone that starts tricking and? is on an aluminum frame is it fine or do you really need steel what's the deal good question um it definitely comes with practice i broke my first frame the the dawes that i had that's why i had to get another one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i my my recommendation is either ride a bike that's four tricks if not ride a cheap aluminum bike because you're you're gonna fuck it up yeah like that's just what's gonna happen and you don't want to break something that you're gonna cry about later (laughs) um i think when i got my chinelli histogram that was in 27 no 2013 i got it right when it came out i like saved up for so long okay i was already at a point where i had some finesse to the to the tricks you have to be smooth with it You, you see some people they could do the tricks and it's not smooth it is violent mm. um you, you should not violent situation. you should not get a you should not get a a nice high-end bike when you're still at that level it like if you could land a 180 and not hear your wheels sound like they're gonna crack then maybe you know at that point you can start upgrading i mean at least people do it all the time but like i've i mean some of my close friends have broken so many bikes and knock on wood like I've had my same bikes for freaking ever. So it's, I think definitely some skill is involved when it comes to getting those Absolutely. nicer bikes. But I mean, don't, don't cry about it when you get your nice bike and you break it. Cause you're riding like that. And then you say like, how have I not broken my bike? I've just been riding longer. I mean, I'm not yeah. like bragging. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that it, it is what it is. And honestly, my bikes could break any freaking day. I'm impressed as well. So don't think that I'm like all confident. <laughs> it's, uh, Mike from MASH is just in disbelief on how my bikes are here still. He just can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) And Willis from Delux should be as well because you are, I mean, semi-recently you started rocking some carbon rims, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's it's definitely a game changer having those deluxe rims on there. It's just it's it's just lighter and they feel more supple. And uh, I, I won't lie, I'm pretty I'm pretty scared to break them. I've had some funny noises before, but I can't find any cracks. So <laughs> <laughs> again, knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any question, Rob? Yeah, I've got tons of fucking questions. I'm trying to hold myself back. I'm like, um, I just love to hear a little bit about riding in San Francisco and tricking with with Matt, with uh, Andy Sparks, with meeting ADX Proof, and I, I know you've been around and been part of it, and you've been. Uh, for what I can see, a big part of it, such a big influence to a lot of people riding fixed gear and, and any stories, anecdotes, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just timing. I'm lucky. I'm lucky as hell. Just right place at the right time. Uh, when I was first riding fixed, I watched Matt's videos. I like, he was like the still the shit i mean like how kids see him now that's i was literally you know 17 18 yeah feeling the same way like that guy's fucking insane and he's like the coolest dude ever um when i was riding you know i i went to school in monterey bay it's south of san francisco about an hour and a half not any fixed gear riding going on there i had like one friend that rode fixed gears so that kind of kept me going through that time but you know, I was posting a lot, trying to get mm. a lot of content out there, and I'd tag Mash and this and that, and like Mash would like my stuff, but like, you know, like as for trying to ride for them or something, like they could, he he doesn't know who I am. I'm just some random kid doing tricks, and um, not until like I moved to San Francisco did I really understand it. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. like, dude, if you're running a company, like why would you sponsor someone in Los Angeles or something if you're in San Francisco or this or that? You know, it just doesn't make sense. Like. When you get older, you know, like when you're a kid, you're all like, why, why doesn't this guy just like fuck with yeah. me, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I moved to San Francisco, I, you know, would visit the, sh the shop a couple times. And then Mike is just like, like he recognized me through, you know, IG and stuff. Nice. And he's like, oh, you live here now. And I'm like, yeah, I live here. And he's just like, why'd you move to San Francisco? And I was like, to ride bikes. Like, I just want to be here. And then he's just like, oh, you're really about it. And I'm like, yeah. And he's just like, all right, let's like do some shit then. So ah, like, let's film and whatnot. So cool. And at that time, Matt was around and, you know, I'd like ride with Matt. And I mean, still, you know, there's not a lot of people that do what we do. Yeah. Like as in on that yeah. level, there's a lot of kids that do tricks, but not like, can you, you can, you can't just walk up to them and put a camera on them and film apart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, so I think I'm, I was just positioned in the right place at the right time with the right people and Matt was like, can you do this? Can you do this? Let's get out there. Let's go film. Let's, and he'd call me randomly. I would literally leave work. I was like, because <laughs> my boss knew what I was up to. Because he would hit me up on a whim and be like, film now. And I'd like literally be like, dude, like to so my boss, I'd be like, bro, can I please go film with Matt Reyes? He knew how important yeah, it was to me. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, you can go. Fuck. And we'd film all the time for these couple of months, just like once a week or once every other week. Like we'd film so much. And what's funny, I would never see the product for months. I just yeah, trust yeah, Matt. Yeah. I'm like, eventually, one day, I'm going to wake up in the morning, and there's going to be this part. <sighs> um, so, I mean, it was the sickest time. And I and it was not easy. Like, dude, Matt was working me. Like, yeah. that dude was making me <laughs> ride so hard. And I, like, never knew what it was for. He wouldn't tell me what we're filming for. Like, we'd go out filming, and I wouldn't ask. And I think he liked that. He was just, <laughs> just ride my ass off and be like, all right, good job, later. And I had no idea what we just did, like, yeah. what it was for. Like, what? I'm yeah. so into that story. Um, I love that. It's fucking sick. Yeah. So, I mean, and then, you know, then Matt, you know, Matt's moved around a lot, and he doesn't live in the city anymore. He lives in Redwood City. But uh, he's, it. Uh, I don't know, it. He went really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't even necessarily say he burns himself out, but that fool was filming everyone all the time, yeah. a lot for a year, like a whole year, just boom, 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 boom. 
And uh, we have a lot to show for it. And like, you know, now that all those parts are out, I'm like so hyped. I meet yeah. people all the time, like, you know, watching YouTube videos and this and that. And I'm I'm blessed to, to be a part of it. But that's kind of how it happened. Right. You know, like I, I, I still had to push for it a little bit, but it's nothing I planned on or asked for. Mm-hmm. And when he asked me to film with him, I knew the gravity of the situation. I knew what it would, that it was good shit. I knew it was going to be epic, but I didn't know what yeah. we were doing. Or how epic it would and, be. Uh, yeah, and looking back at it, it's like, dude, I'm so glad I I put in the effort to to leave my job to like like you know for the day uh, to yeah, you yeah. know all that all that stuff and you know I moved to San Francisco on a whim. I literally moved. I graduated from school, and I and Patrick had a room for rent. Literally a month after you I graduated, I'm just like being a server at a. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. I uh, graduated from school. I worked at a sushi restaurant. I had some money saved up. He was just like, "My room. I got a room in my apartment open. You want to move to San Francisco?" And I just got up and left. Because, fucking, why not? Like, when do you ever get to do that? Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I just finished school. I had nothing going on. So. Dick. Yeah, and then kind of just snowballed into into that kind of time of my life of just filming a lot. And crazy i love that yeah. though I well, love that's that. a pretty wild story yeah 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 who who's your uh in who's who if you want to give any shout outs or name calling like who are you riding with mainly at the moment um at the moment i ride with my uh i mean my new roommate devin it devin on instagram uh just and then I mean so I I work at Mike's Bikes mm-hmm. and uh, I've worked there for quite a while and we my boss who hired me like we we just we, people ride fixed gears at our shop so we we ride with our coworkers a lot mm. and then otherwise the kind of community that we built these last couple of years it's just who I ride with I mean we ride on Tuesdays the Tark Tuesdays we ride on Thursdays for the Fixed Kings Thursdays the PKTs and then I mean. Who I mean, I ride with Devin a lot just because we're roommates, I think, and we both do tricks. But I ride with like, I mean, our community meets up a lot. Like we on a you know multi-day basis a week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a pretty large group of people. <laughs> so I mean, otherwise, if I'm not with like a group like that, it's just alone. I like to ride alone a lot. It's like one of my favorites is just to, you know, go blast, go gravel riding yeah. or go on my wheelie bike. And I put my speaker in the cup holder and just fucking mob around the city. Sick. But, uh, yeah, uh, I rode with Daniel something a lot. Yeah. Daniel. Mejia. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. Um, just all my, like all my friends that do what I do. I mean, those guys have gotten so so good mm-hmm. at riding over the last i mean since i met them like when i met them they were just you know just starting the fish and chips just starting the keo spins no. all those guys got crazy wheelies now they can all do like crazy sliders they're they're just like i don't know everyone's progressed to a level where i i mean like everyone's good at their own thing it's not even a point where it's like who's the best yeah, it's like we course. all do different tricks obviously that's how every friend group is but um yeah i mean it's a the community here is pretty tight knit, so I would say it's pretty di- divvied up. Okay, who I cool. spend a lot of my time with. Are you still loving it? Are you still vi- you still f- find the same energy that you find for riding, but maybe in different ways now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm getting burnt out. It is a lot working at a bike shop and mm-hmm. also riding yeah. a lot and doing extracurriculars around the bike. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to keep it interesting. I've been working on trying to get to the point of making my own merch mm-hmm. um all the no break yeah, stuff so it's cool trying to expand my horizons with you know hobbies and whatnot but still kind of stay on topic mm-hmm. and yeah productive stuff kind of moving forward progressing you know what i'm doing hell yeah and you know keeping it keeping it interesting and whatnot 
I mean, I ride bikes so much. I've been lately enjoying not riding my bike. Like when there's times when I'm with friends and I'm like, you want to walk here? And they're like, what? <laughs> with two legs? Like foot after foot? Like, like yeah. what the fuck is that? It's such a, yeah. Walking is so, I don't know. It's so funny. When, when me and my friends are walking, we all laugh about it. We're like, this is fucking weird. You get so used to leaving the house, right, with your bike that you realize that you've gone years without actually just walking anywhere. It's crazy. Even just like walking past a restaurant and like looking at the menu that's like posted on the window. <laughs> You're like, what is this oh place? Oh my God, God. this is so true. It's so true. true. Um, yeah. I have two more questions for you, uh, Jake and Ben. We're gonna end the main show. Uh, it is tradition to ask if there is any bike that you own or not that just hits different. Something that you would really, really like to have if you don't already have it. Um, I have always wanted a dumb kind of aero bike. Okay. So like the specifically, like if I could ever convince myself to spend the money on like a Cervelo T3. Okay. <laughs> when you're in Sacramento or like San Jose or these areas where it's really flat, your friends with like that are from there have more aero bikes that are bigger gearing and deeper wheels kind of cool yeah and yeah okay it's one of those pixie things it's one of those pixie things where you're like it's the quote-unquote like an actual track bike yeah to <laughs> have like that ferrari bike yeah you know? okay the the wall hanger that's a good one um i i don't really long for too many track bikes like i i have everything i've ever wanted honestly like this the, my my like lineup right now is in my opinion like the sickest shit that i've always wanted so i'm i feel like i'm like i've pretty much accomplished everything i really need <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i get that at the no, moment it's no, good i mean like it's a little out of the the reach but like any bike honestly right now fucking a racing road bike like a ten thousand dollar road bike would just be like the sickest shit yeah um something like that if we're talking fixed gear though another one would be to somehow get my hands on a Starfucker. Oh, shit. Which is a old fixed gear freestyle bike with just the most crazy looking geometry. Mm. Was those terrible the, uh, chain stays. Yeah, it just looked wild. The chain stays are like facing yeah. downward. Or the, the dropouts are facing downward. And the fork has two different dropout settings for like bar spinning or not bar spinning i don't know it's just the most wild looking frame if if you're listening to this look up star fucker fixie and you can see what we're talking about but having one of those would just be that it's a it's a cultural icon at least back in the day i was like back back in 2010 2011 i think that's when they came out bikes were not that expensive and that bike was like 1100 dollars for the yeah. frame set for the frame set shit okay I'm pretty it sure, had yeah. A it was like huge the frame. Hype think... factor at the time. Uh-huh. I don't know where you'd even buy one at that time. Like I don't even know like where you'd where you know, like you'd see them on forums and stuff, but like I don't even know who originally would like sell that. <laughs> They're crazy. There is still uh a few in Japan because uh they were distributed in Japan at some point. I uh I think it was Maybe I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it might have originated from Japan as well. But yeah, it's, the, uh, the, ge the the geometry actually looks pretty fucking perfect, to be honest, for a fifty <laughs> freestyle. I've got to say that. Well, yeah, I mean, so you could imagine me back then on my fifty-six centimeter <laughs> frame being way too big for me and stuff like that. You're looking at bikes and fixed gear freestyle was such a new thing and then they came out with that bike and people are doing tricks on it and you're like that must be the best bike for the job like i need that <laughs> yeah, bike yeah. <laughs> you know yeah oh my god and looking back at it you're like that probably isn't the best tool for the job but it still looks cool as hell yeah yeah damn all right last question is um anyone that you would like to hear on this show I think 
people would be really hyped to hear something from Matt Ray. Yes, I'm glad. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's fine. I, I, I mean, that guy has been, you know, riding forever and has done so much. And, you know, he he has a lot to... He's done so much. It'd be interesting to hear his perspective yeah. on stuff. You know, he's traveled. He's done crazy competitions. Just all around so fucking cool it'd be it'd be cool to hear him on a podcast if you want to just like maybe mention it like <laughs> be like there's this podcast these guys are doing in europe and uh if if for some reason you he yeah he was like yeah cool yeah if i see him i'll ask him he's he's very elusive <laughs> yeah he's never mentioned he's any ideas <laughs> Yeah, don't worry, mine either. Yeah. <laughs> I think I sent him a DM once because I was trying to learn the big spin and never got an answer. And actually got an answer, but I think it was like 10 months later. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah. Sounds about right. thank you for your advice. I kind of get in now, but thank you anyways. Oh no, I've definitely <laughs> sent him a few and there's been no reply. <laughs> That's fine, Matt. We still love you. No, we do. Yeah, yeah that, that... I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask for you guys next. All time. right. <laughs> All right, Rob. Do you have a last it's, question, it's not, or should we go into you know. the after show? It's not what you know; it's who you know. Thanks, Jake. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You're good. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, that wraps up another episode of the Slowspin Society podcast. Everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog slowspinsociety.com, along with the various articles and write-ups. I post every two weeks, I think. Uh, the last one I posted is about, uh, it's a bike check from Japan. Slowspin Society is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get value out of a show, why not consider putting value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash podcast to join the community we're pledging at any level. We'll grant you access to the extended cut of the show. Special thanks go to our 35 Patreon supporters making this show possible and ad-free. We love you guys. You can also find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or with our Instagram at Society. Rob is at Kerenzi.co. I go but at underscore Paul underscore you. And of course, at Brother Lanage. You already know it. Yeah, you Sharing do. the podcast with your friend is by far the easiest way to support the show by giving us a good review on the, on the platform of your choice. The music for the show is Loveless Winter by Maria. The illustration is by me. We have a new cover. I think it looks pretty dope. Uh, and yeah, we're going to go on to an after show when you can hear uh, Rob fanboying just a little bit more because if that's already I not don't know what you're on. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, people. We'll see you in two weeks. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks bye for bye. listening, everyone, as always. Thanks for listening. Bye.